If it's your first time to the exchange, welcome. I hope you feel uh, the, the warmth here and uh, have an opportunity to meet uh, one another. We also like to welcome those that are uh, streaming, oh, connecting live uh, over the internet to watch this. This is, um, uh, they might be coming in from different time zones, but we really appreciate your, uh, you tuning in and watching the service. Um, we'd like to, uh, I, I guess to start things off, just if, you, if, if we can all stand up and say hi to your neighbours and just to make them feel uh, welcome and introduce yourself if you don't know. Um, and, and also, if you could move up. So if you're at the back, could you please move up? So I'm specifically speaking to my family. Okay, let's grab a seat. And please, um, if you can sit closer to the front, the, the, the best seats are near closer to the front, as usual on aeroplanes and most places and concerts. Um, yet, it's such a special day, a commissioning service, and I was just thinking about the, the importance of it. Um, it. It is a public ceremony of Jinha's commitment to serve God as a pastor, and it's a, it's a big life decision, isn't it? Um, we'll have to say amen to that. Amen. Yeah. Um, and um, I suppose as we're witnessing this, it's a good opportunity to also reflect on our, our own lives and ask ourselves what God is calling us to do and, and to answer that call. Or if we are serving in, in a way to reaffirm and recommit ourselves to God. Um, so it's a wonderful uh, opportunity to, um, to witness this and we will be blessed because we came. Uh, just some housekeeping things. So um, the important things are like toilets. Toilets are opposite the reception at the front, to the left and right, men's and ladies. Um, there's also a guest book there at the reception desk. Please don't leave without signing, saying, writing a special message for Jinha and the family. Um, there will be uh, an overflow room. If, if there's uh, not enough seats, please let people know that they can actually watch the um, service next door in the boardroom. Uh, and I, I do see a number of children here, uh, young ones. Um, there is a change table next door in the boardroom as well uh, if you need to um, use it. If you're exiting the building to repark your car, uh, you need to uh, contact either Michael, Michael, if you could raise your hand, uh, Roy uh, up the front here, or James there to uh, let you back in because there's a security pass that they'll have to swipe you back in to the building. Uh, there will be pictures at the end, uh, so some photos. So if you could stay back and, and mingle uh, and have an opportunity to, to take photos with the family and with Jinha, that'll be, that'll be great. There's also a light meal uh, or refreshments served uh, after the, the service, please stay, and we'd love to get to know you and meet you. 
if if it's your first time, and uh, for us to just mingle and and, and uh, spend the time together. Well, that's it for all the um, announcements and uh, housekeeping things. Let's start off with a word of prayer, and if I could ask you all to bow your heads and close your eyes, let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you, Lord, for the Sabbath day and this special special day for, for Jinha and her family. Lord, um, she's answered your call to serve you, to dedicate her life to, to the ministry and to witness uh, for Jesus Christ. And we, we pray that um, you be in our hearts today as well as we examine what you called us to do and how we can answer your call. We pray, Lord, that um, there are a few that are not well, baby Zach and, and Josh's uh, children. We pray for them. They're part of our church family, and we miss them, Lord, as well. And, Lord, we pray for the tithes and offerings. Uh, we have a collection here, and we have e-giving. Lord, we pray that uh, you, you help us to be good stewards of the money, and uh, they be used to further your work, Lord. We pray for the speakers and the, the, the people that are involved in the program, that they can be uh, your, your um, servants, Lord, to, to be humble and to, to witness for you, Lord. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good afternoon. Happy Sabbath. Would you all stand with us as we worship God together?
should actually come up here with me. (laughs) Next song for this afternoon is Still. Father, you are king over the flood. 
storm. Father, you are king over the flood, and I will be still and know you are God. I will be still and know you. Good afternoon, everyone, and happy Sabbath. It's great to see so many people here to celebrate with Jinha today, and certainly it's a very special day for us as a church family. I'd like to take a moment now to introduce some special guests that we have here um, today from the Victorian Conference and also the Australian Union of the Church. They've come along here today to be a part of this um, service today. As we know, our local church community is one of many um, church communities that operates in Victoria and also in Australia. And these guests that have come today are involved in the administration of the church um, in Victoria and also Australia. You'll see them at the, up the front today at different times throughout the program, but I wanted to take this opportunity now to introduce them. Um, some of our local um, church members might recognise them already, as I think each one of the three of them that are here today have actually preached at this church before. So thank you for that. Um, first of all, we have um, Pastor Graham Christian here. Now, Pastor Christian is the president of the Victorian Conference. Um, we have Pastor Darren Croft up the front, and he's the ministerial secretary for Victoria, which means that he primarily oversees the pastors of the Adventist Church that are in Victoria. I'd also like to um, make special welcome to Darren's wife, Rosie Croft, who's here today, and she'll also be taking part in the program. And lastly, we have Brendan Pratt, who's around somewhere, I'm sure, um, across there, right in my side spot there. And um, he works for the Australian Union, Union and he um, does a similar role to Darren in terms of working with pastors all across Australia. On behalf of our local church community, I'd like to um, thank all these church leaders that we have here um, for what they do for the church and also welcome you here today to our church. Thanks, Michael. It is lovely to be here with you, actually. Who, who would have thought if we'd gone back even five years that one day we would be here in this building doing this? And it's a, it's a very special thing. And so um, as, as I read the, the, the story of Jinha's path into ministry, firstly, I guess I, I should apologise that it is the abbreviated version. Um, and if you haven't heard the longer version, it's worth getting Jinha to tell it at some point. And um, she, she has written up a longer version, but of course, space and time um, don't allow here in, in this, um, at this time. The, the other thing is, I guess, particularly for those of you that have been on this journey with Roy and Jinha, this is a, a special day because it also is, is really affirmation Jin, of, of Jinha's ministry and Roy's. But Jinha, your ministry doesn't happen in a vacuum and it's happened amongst this group and it's special to be here. On your program booklets there is the ministry history you can follow along I will digress once or twice I suspect but you can follow along if you want to follow the the story. So Jinha was born in South Korea to parents whose top priority was God. Their faith did not waver when they immigrated to the USA when Jinha was eight. Jinha's father was a literature evangelist and had a library of commentaries and religious books that were of interest to her from an early age. She remembers going through teach yourself biblical Greek in 30 minutes a day one day when she was bored as a child. By age 14 she'd read the entire biography of Ellen White's life, the Conflict of the Ages series and had accepted Jesus as her personal saviour. 
Jin Ha's mother taught her to apply what she read and her stories and counsel helped Jin Ha navigate her youth. Her mother was a prayer warrior who modelled a deep spiritual life, which we see in you as well. Her sister inspired Jin Ha because of her faithfulness to God. Jin Ha and her sister shared a room and her sister would wake up early to do her own devotions before family worship. At 12, her sister decided to become a medical missionary and Jin Ha began dreaming of doing something great for God. She loved teaching and sharing Bible and nature stories and thought she would become a teacher. Jin Ha attended public schools, giving her opportunity to be a missionary to her secular friends. She started giving Bible studies at school and was teaching Sabbath school at 12. At her high school graduation, she declined to give the valedictory address because it was on Sabbath. I think you'd agree, not an easy step to take. This brought opportunity to testify about God's truth through the ensuing article in the local newspaper, the questions of classmates and the opportunity to mentor the youth at her church. She was accepted into Princeton University where Jin Ha saw herself as a missionary to the principal, to the children of the political, social and cultural elite of America. With her sister, they started an Adventist collegiate fellowship at Princeton, ministering to their fellow Adventist students and sharing their faith with other students on campus, resulting in two students being baptised. Jinnah had planned at this point on becoming a systematic theology professor. Sounds pretty impressive, I reckon. She was studying French, German and philosophy in preparation for a PhD in theology. However... God had other ideas. A few months before graduation in 2005, Jinha learnt a Manhattan church was looking for an urban outreach coordinator. Feeling vastly underqualified, she felt a strange yet strong desire to apply and was then called to preach and to do an interview as part of the selection process. When the time came, Jinha had final exams and was exhausted, nervous and coughing with bronchitis. However, when she went to preach and when she was in the pulpit, her voice was clear and cough-free. It was an act of God that a 21-year-old Korean-American girl with a French major ended up serving a 250-member multi-ethnic church on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. While she loved doing church work, Jinha wasn't yet ready to be a pastor Though still fearful through through prayer and Bible study, she came to the conclusion that it was possible for women to be in ministry. And I know that wasn't something that arrived quickly. She finally told God that a big sign would be necessary for her to consider ministry. And lo and behold, God delivered. It came via a sponsorship from Greater New York Conference to attend seminary. There was no precedent for it. No woman had been given this before. During seminary, Jin Ha worked in part-time ministry helping grow the university-based church and then subsequently started an online magazine for Korean-Americans as part of the Andrews Korean Church she was then working at. In 2012, Jin Ha married Roy. Some further unexpected twists led them to pray a bold prayer. Their prayer went along these lines. God, we believe you brought us together in ministry and marriage 
Now that we're both available to work, please have one conference hire both of us. And of course, everyone told them this was nigh on impossible. It would not happen. But they trusted God. They received an opportunity for employment in the Chicago conference, but that was for one, not two. And they turned it down. This is where this conference comes into the picture. I can tell you a little more. That's not on the printed page. I can remember because we'd known Roy, but we didn't know Jinha, and then we hear about Roy and Jinha being married. And I remember the, the then president coming in one day quite excited because he'd seen the transcript of some of Jinha's results. And um, Jinha, I, I just embarrass you a little bit, but he was very excited because Jinha's results were at the top of the top. And to think that not only could we get Roy, but could we get Jinha with results like this. And, and I have to say, it's not just about the academics, because when Jinha came here, we discovered somebody, even before, but we discovered somebody that wasn't just good with the, the theoretical knowledge, but she lived something real and was able to relate to many, many people. Anyway, I digress. June 2012, the Victorian Conference offered a ministerial position to both Jin Ha and Roy, and that included the challenge of planting a church in Melbourne. Hence why we're here. Jin Ha's work visa should have taken two months to be approved, but was granted in just one day. And I remember that because I remember thinking, oh, look, we've got lots of time. We, we can wait to sort out a few things. And then the next thing was, she's got her visa. They're coming. And you think, wow, how did that happen? But God's hand was in it. The surprises kept coming. Adjusting to a new city was just one of the challenges when Jinha discovered she was pregnant soon after arriving. However, God has continued to confirm to Jinha that he has called her to ministry and to Melbourne. In response to prayer and without funding, God shocked them both speechless by leading them to a free venue in which to start a church. Again, why we're here. The church plant started with just seven people, but again, God has led and blessed. And it wasn't all that long ago that 52 people attended the Connect series that ran here. Jinha has come to love working with her church and feels at home in Victoria. She's grateful for God's mysterious ways and would not change a single bend or twist in her pathway to ministry. She quotes Romans 8.28, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are who are called according to his purpose. And then I want to quote her as my closing words. She says, If someone had told me in 2005, when I was in my last year at university, finishing my dissertation on The Little Prince, that ten years later I would be pastoring two churches in Melbourne, Australia, I would have laughed and said they were crazy. Great is his faithfulness. And we believe we have been richly blessed by God to have you with us, Jinha. The story, of course, is not just the story of what has led Jinha here, but it's also a story of her impact here. And so there's three people going to just share briefly with us. Galen, uh, Michelle and Dave are going to share just a few of their recollections of Jinha's impact on them. Thanks.
My name is Galen, um, and uh, it's been a privilege to, to work with Jinha. Um, Jinha is my answer to the question of uh, women in ministry. Um, I don't think I've ever met anyone uh, who, who derives so much joy from sharing Christ with the others the way that she does. Uh, I remember when, um, I've been friends with Roy for a while, and I, I remember when Roy, uh, uh, when, when we heard that Roy was dating this girl called Jin Ha, and uh, me and all our friends were, oh, very interested, oh, who's this, who's this girl, who's this girl, and, you know, not many of us knew who Jin Ha was, um, and the word came back that she was vastly more qualified than Roy, um, <laughs> and, you know, she, she had a, she had a... <laughs> She had a literature degree in, from Princeton. Uh, she, she had grown a successful ministry in New York, student ministry in New York. Anyway, later, years later, when Roy was coming back to Melbourne, it was, and, and it was uncertain whether Jin Ha was, uh, could able, was able to work in Melbourne, uh, she was actually willing to sacrifice and be an unpaid lay Bible worker just so that both of them could be in the same ministry uh, together. We have been so blessed um, uh, uh, to have her as part of our church, and I cannot think of anyone uh, more deserving of uh, to be commissioned than, than, than her. Uh, Jinha, I really hope that this mantle of endorsements and ministry uh, further empowers you to reach out to the people around you and share Christ's love uh, with the people in Melbourne. Hi, my name's Michelle. Um, so when Roy approached me a little while ago and asked if I'd be willing to share a brief testimony, he said two to three minutes max, and he was very specific about how Jin Ha's ministry has been meaningful to me. I immediately said yes, because I love talking and I love Jin Ha, so I thought this would be a piece of cake. And those who know me also know I love cake, but that's Okay. So in the weeks that followed, I spent a lot of time thinking about what I would say and what I found is that two or three minutes is certainly not going to suffice in describing the impact that Jinha has had on my life and my walk with God. So I first met Jinha about two years ago after being invited to this church by a friend from work. So in spite of being brought up in the Adventist church and having gone to Adventist schools my whole life, the experience that I had here was vastly different to anything I'd ever experienced before. I remember one of the first times I heard her preach. I was so enthralled by how intelligent she was and left church feeling incredibly stimulated and challenged by what I'd heard and my head was swimming with thoughts. But so much more than an amazing speaker... Jinha, as cliche as it is, you have been such an inspiration to me. Your genuine love for God and your genuine love for us as your church and your congregation is unceasing. More importantly, though, seeing your relationship with God and how it impacts your life and the lives of those around you has definitely made me say to myself, hey, I want to know the God who loves her and the God who works in her life. Your humility, your honesty and your willingness to serve God has been such an incredible blessing to me personally, my immediate family and us as a church family. So today as we celebrate this joyous occasion with you, I want to thank you for being my pastor, my friend and my sister in God.
During a particularly tough time in my life, you once said to me, crawl into God's lap and let him do the rest. I play out this beautiful image in my head and recite this to myself on almost a daily basis. You have encouraged me more than you'll ever know, and I know that God will continue to bless you and your family and everyone who has the privilege of meeting you as you continue on your journey with him. Good afternoon, friends, and happy Sabbath. My name's Dave Smith. I'm an elder at Rockbank Church, and um, I hate coming to the city, but of course today is a special time, so I've made the exception to come. And Gina knows that. <laughs> um, Roy actually asked me, I didn't get the, uh, the opportunity to plan this for a longer period. Roy actually asked me about two o'clock yesterday afternoon, would I say a few words? And I'm also quite a big talker as well, and I like to be planned and organised. Um, so this is something I put together basically from last night. Um, it's difficult, I think, to sum up in two or three minutes what two years working with Gina has actually done. It is very difficult. And um, I remember back in November when Pastor Darren Croft rang me and he asked me a few questions. We had a chat, and I'm not going to go into those questions now, but he asked me, did I think Gina would make a good pastor? And I said, too right, she will make a great pastor. You know, last night, I, I, um, or actually lunchtime today, I googled out what a pastor actually does. And there was about 50 things. There's probably more, but I counted at least 50 things. And I'm only just going to share a few of them with you here today. So, counsellor, leader, encourager. Now, the encourager part is something that's really special to me. And I've needed her encouragement on many occasions, spiritually and otherwise. A mentor, a nurturer, a problem solver. And, of course, there's lots more. And this would totally exclude me from ever becoming a pastor. I don't have anywhere near these amount of skills. But also, most importantly... Um, let's not forget the pastor often becomes one of your very best friends. Thank you, Gina. And um, I'd just like to read, I did have a little bit of time this morning to go around some of our church people, and my wife, who is here today, actually wrote something, and so I'm going to read what she wrote. I love and appreciate you for many reasons, and most of all, you walk the talk. You are very compassionate. You preach what we need and not what we want to hear. When we meet you, always encourage everyone to grow as children of God, and you are my friend. And I spoke to Antoinette this morning, who's another member of our church, and she said that she appreciates the teaching and the explanation of the biblical things um, is just awesome. And also that comes from Joe as well. Joe was at church this morning. He also um, sends his regards for this and, and, and the same. You know, um, as an elder of North Point Church... Um, in Rockbank, and on behalf of all the members, um, I'd just like to wish you well in your future ministry, and also in another special time, we know that you're having a baby very, very soon, so we'd like to wish you well in that. Um, I'm sure this is a very exciting time for Gina and her family, and so uh, thank you for the time spent at Rockbank. You have certainly left a lasting, a lasting impression on all of us there, and you'll be truly remembered. Thank you. Pastor Darren Croft mentioned five years ago, he transported us back to think, five years ago, would we think this was happening? I want to transport 131 years ago to these very streets and, and what they might think of what was happening. 
Because 131 years ago, on the very streets just down here, we find Joe Corliss and Stephen Haskell and then in Israel. We find Arnold. We find a Mr. Wood. And they've just arrived from where? Michigan? They've just arrived from Michigan. And here they are, far away from home, in a city that they probably never dreamt of as they grew up. And they have a heart to reach this city for Christ. But let's transport seven years before that, where we find Ellen White presenting a week of prayer at uh, Battle Creek in Michigan. And she's relating the story or relating the vision of how God had envisioned showing her, an angel and showing her that the Adventist message had to go beyond the borders of America. And as she's talking, she's saying we have to go to other countries. And sitting behind her is Stephen Haskell and James White. And Stephen Haskell leans across to James White and says, do you know if the angel said any particular countries? And James says, well, I don't know. I'm only hearing this. And he interrupts Ellen. And he says, Ellen, um, did the angel say any particular country? And Ellen's response is, no. Save but one. The angel said, Australia. And do you know what? Fast forward down through history, and people with willing hearts, people who are sold out on serving God wherever he calls, God still calls people to Australia. <laughs> so it's, it took a few more years after that vision for Israel and, and Corliss and Haskell and Arnold and Wood to, to get on the ship. Um, Israel also had his wife and, and two children and make their way to Australia. They stopped in Auckland on the way. Haskell ended up going back to Auckland because he was impressed with the, the libraries there. Um, Wood was a literature evangelist because they thought the literature work was going to be a wedge into the community. And I noticed in your profile that your dad um, was in literature work. And so they then come on to Sydney. They only stayed in Sydney two weeks and headed straight down to Melbourne. Why? Because it's better? Because they had bigger libraries. And they thought, if it's got bigger libraries, there's a better chance people are going to read. And if we're going to have publishing houses and if we're going to publish and hand out tracts and have literature evangelists, let's go to where people read. And so here they are in Melbourne. They rented a little house across at 48 in Hyatt Street in Richmond. Now, two weeks ago, I had to get a medical thing done in Richmond, and I purposely parked out the front of 48. It's still there. It's still a house. So I purposely parked out the front of 48 Hyatt Street, and as I walked those streets, I was thinking of these other people who walked these streets. Joe Corliss, that was July when they arrived here, by the way, a lovely time in Melbourne. And Joe Corliss writes a letter back, back to America, and he says, he writes in the letter, the weather is bleak. He said, the people are bleak. <laughs> he says, I don't think we're going to start a church here. And you can imagine his despondency. Here he is on the other side of the planet, far away from home, believing that God had put him in this city. And here he is, a new church planter, thinking, I don't think it's going to work. It's just not working. No one is interested. It's not, not connecting. I think he would have found it difficult to imagine 130 years later that here in Collins Street, in a building this tall, we would be sitting here with a group of Adventists 
commissioning Gene Ha. I think he would have found it difficult to understand Google Docs and how you can use that to run your church, Gene Ha. She's very good at that. I think he would have found it difficult to understand this whole social media idea and how you can generate Bible studies from that. But what he wouldn't have found difficult to understand is a life sold out to God that follows God wherever. What he wouldn't have found difficult was the prayer that Darren just read, that Gina Roy prayed, that God, wherever you put us, we will follow. He wouldn't have found that difficult at all because that same prayer is what had him on these streets and that same prayer is what has you on the other side of the planet from where you grew up. And looking at this city and praying for the people of this city. So Joe Corliss, he's... Um, renting a house in a two-bedroom house in, in Richmond. They're all packed in there together. But he writes an interesting story when he's writing down what, what happened. It's a wet afternoon in Melbourne, and he's handing out tracks. Apparently, it was down near the, the Richmond station. And he's handing out tracks about the Sabbath. And um, he says most people aren't taking his tract. Some people are taking it, looking at it, and dropping on the ground. And he walks back despondent and he spikes a tract on the picket of a sporting oval. Now, some people think it was Punt Road. Other people think it was North Fitzroy. I don't know how, whichever way it works, I prefer the Punt Road option because that's the Richmond Football Club. Now, interestingly enough, 1885 was the same year Richmond Football Club was formed. So if you're going to follow an AFL team and you're Adventist, then you will choose Richmond. (laughs) However, that's beside the point, but he's... He spikes it on the picket fence and walks home despondent. A Mr. Miller picks up that tract, even though it's damp and even though it has a hole in it, and he looks at it and he starts to read it. And he thinks, this is intriguing. I need to track down the person where this tract comes from because he ran a mutual improvement society is what they called it. It was a debating club. And he thought, this is a good topic for a debate. We could debate this whole sabbath idea so he tracks down joe corliss and says would you come to the debate and coach the team that are going to be presenting going to be arguing for sabbath because we don't i don't know the ideas will you coach them and mr corliss says of course would love to and he does at the end of that debate they sat around talking about we haven't heard this stuff and 13 people from that debating society became members of the North Fitzroy Church. What's that story tell me? That story tells me about a church planter a long way from home. But it tells me about a church planter when he was at his least, God was at his most. And reality is, Gene Ha, when you respond to the, the charge that Pastor Chris will read to you in a moment, it'll talk about in season and out of season. And in ministry, as you already know, There's times when you're fired up and you see God working and there's times when it can be difficult and you drive home from a Bible study thinking, was that even worth it? Or you walk away from a board meeting and you think, was that worth it? And you can imagine Joe Corliss walking home to his little little rented house, far away from home. No one's even, it's not going to work. Yet, God was at his best. And from, from that tract on a picket fence... All sorts of stories spread out from there. Until we get here 130 years later, and we have Roy and Jean Ha praying similar prayers, having a heart for, for this city, walking the very same streets 
And just remember, when we're at our least, God is at his most. And just remember, it's worth it. It's worth every piece of energy you put in. When you watch this church plant and there's times when it's working, or there's times when you think, is it worth it? Then it's worth it every time. And I think it's wonderful, Jinha, that you prayed the prayer, God, use me. And that someone with your acumen, with your abilities, realizes that is all from God. And that without God, you're nothing. I think it's wonderful when young ladies and young gentlemen, when they put aside what otherwise people might say, it's foolish, you're blessed with all these abilities, and yet you're doing this, but you realize it's not foolish. It's what matters. It's what matters for eternity. All of us in this room are called to use our gifts. All of us in this room are called to being part of a church community. However, God still impresses on some people the calling to give their life, to give the best years of their life to full-time gospel ministry. And when God impresses that on someone's life and you follow that, sure, it can be exciting or it can be difficult, but it's always worth it. And I think for J.O. Corliss, I think in all of eternity, I want to find that guy in heaven and just say, what were you feeling? And guess what happened in Australia? Guess what happened? And guess what happened at 500 Collins Street, Melbourne? Guess what happened? They built a big tower there and somewhere up in that tower, they planted a church. And all these stories, because it's worth it. Because God's kingdom is worth it every time you put that energy in. Paul writes to Timothy, And talks about, yes, we're all called to ministry. But pastoral ministry is a different calling, again, with expectations. With, as as Dave mentioned in his talk, with expectations and giftings and fruits that we want to see in that life. And today in this commissioning service, what we're saying, that as a church in Victoria, as a church in Australia, and as a worldwide Adventist church in this lady here, we see the giftings, we see the fruits that we would affirm as a church community. That's what we want for our leaders in pastoral ministry. So, Gina, it's worth it. It's worth it every bit of energy you put in. It's worth it that this, this clever mind that could have done so many other things, I'm sure God would have blessed you in any of those pursuits. But you're here in Australia, in Melbourne, doing what matters for eternity. May God bless your ministry. May God bless you as a, a mother, as a wife. May God bless you as you continue to serve him. Gene Hara, this is a special day. And today we recognise what God's been doing in your life and in your ministry. And it's my privilege to bring you a ministry charge. And I'm going to invite you to stand as I share with you a few passages from the scriptures. And I'm also going to invite those who are here today who are commissioned ministers already to also stand and to reflect on your ministry and I'm also going to invite those who are ordained to the gospel ministry to stand as I share this charge and uh, I'll invite you 
as I said, to reflect on your ministry. I can see people around the room standing and thank you. It's good to have you here, by the way. Very soon we'll have the prayer of commissioning and we'll invite all of those who are standing to come to the front for that prayer. Before I share from the scriptures, Jean Howe, let me just say it's a real privilege to have you on our pastoral team and um, we are blessed by your ministry and I know your churches are as well. So thank you. First of all, I want to charge you to minister as a shepherd. The Bible says, quoting Jesus, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. The hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who doesn't own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf catches the the sheep and scatters them. I charge you to minister as a shepherd. I'd go to the Apostle Paul's writings and he was writing to one who was young in ministry by the name of Timothy. And this is what he said, or some of what he said, And it seems to me there's a lot in it. And so I charge you to be an example. Because Paul wrote, Be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith and in purity. Wow. That's what he said. And then he wrote another letter to Timothy and this is what he said in 2 Timothy chapter 4. I charge you therefore to preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. So it's not only preaching a convenient message but it's preaching the truth. Convince rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. And so I charge you to teach because he goes on and he says a little further down, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions and do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. And so today, I want to charge you, because this is a commissioning service, I want to come back to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28. And I'm going to the passage that is known as the Great Commission. How appropriate. And this is what Jesus said in my words. Go and make disciples. They're his words too, but I'm just taking a few of them. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. So I charge you to go and make disciples. Jean Ha, whatever comes your way, please remember the other part of what Jesus said. Because he didn't finish where I stopped. Lo, I am with you always. Today, tomorrow, when things are going well, when they're not, when you're wondering what comes next, even to the end of the age. So while this is a ministry charge, there's an invitation to put your trust in him because he's with you. God bless you. We're going to invite um, the, the ordained and commissioned pastors to come and to join us here for a prayer of commissioning. Roy, are you going to come and join us too? We're not commissioning you today, but you're very welcome to bring Micah with you and, um, and we'll kneel together for that prayer. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, today we come to you, bringing Jean Ha to you today. We want to thank you for her. We thank you for what you have done through her ministry in the past, what you are doing currently and what you will do in the future. We thank you for the way that she has partnered together with Roy and together they serve you in ministry. We want to thank you for them as a family and today we bring them to you, recognising that you called them to ministry and you have put the ministry into Jean Ha years ago and today the church is recognising this formally. Today the church is giving her ecclesiastical authority because you have put ministry into her. You have gifted her, you have empowered her, you have enabled her. And so today, as we lay our hands on her, we come together asking that you will pour your spirit out, pour it out in full measure, that she may go forward to glorify you. And I just ask today that you will give her success in her ministry, that she may have joy and that your spirit may work through her. And I pray that whatever trouble may come her way may keep her relying on you and keep her on her knees. And we just ask that you will be in their home be in their ministry, keep them close to each other and close to you and guide them each step of the way. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. I'm just so grateful and so humbled and so honored. Um, just looking at how much God has blessed and the amount of support that I have, I'm just deeply, deeply grateful. You know, two weeks ago, um, I attended a memorial service for a colleague, Pastor James Kent. And while it was a time of grief and mourning, it was also a time to celebrate his legacy and the impact that his, his life and his ministry had on the people around. And it reminded me of the first memorial service I actually ever attended when I was 18 years old. It was uh, my first year at uni. I was away from home. And I was attending this church where we had a youth pastor named Pastor Brian Hahn. And he was uh, 25 years old, and he had taken some of his students with him on a mission trip to El Salvador. After the mission trip was over, they decided on the last day to have some time to relax before they came back, and so they went to the beach. Unfortunately, a riptide came in, and the students started to drown. And Pastor Brian Hunt, even though he himself was not a strong swimmer, went in there to try to save them. All the students survived, but he did not. It was February 24, 2002, and so when we heard that he had passed away, it was a great shock for many of us. And I remember at his memorial service, there were hundreds of people, and there were so many people, young and old, who said, he has changed my life. And I remember at that time thinking, wow, one person has made such a big difference because of the way he lived and because of the way he died. And he had an impact on me that, um, looking back, you know, it's been 14 years. Um, but it's funny, when, when I was at uh, Pastor James Kent's memorial, I, I thought about Pastor Brian Hahn, and I thought to myself, oh, I wonder when his anniversary of his death was, and it was actually that very day. And I remembered a conversation I had with Pastor Brian Hahn before he went on his mission trip. He was planning out his sermon roster for the year, as good pastors do. And he had approached me, you know, French major, first year at uni, a little know-it-all who, um, you know, didn't um, have any experience preaching. And he had come to me and said, hey, Jinha, I'm going to put you down on the roster to preach in March. And I balked and I said, what? No way. And he said, no. And he had a little glint in his eyes. And he said, I think you'll be a great preacher. I'm going to put you down to preach in March. Because he passed away in February, he never got to hear me preach. But I did end up preaching my first sermon in March of 2002. And I went back in my archives and I dug it up. And um, I had preached my first sermon on God, my Ebenezer. And um, 
that word Ebenezer comes from a verse in First Samuel. Basically, what happened was the Israelite nation、um, was being invaded and harassed by their neighboring country, the Philistines. And Samuel, who was the spiritual leader of Israel,、um, instead of galvanizing them to get ready for battle, goes and worships, which seems like a very silly thing to do. But this is what Scripture says. It says, "Now as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a loud thunder upon the Philistines that day, and so confused them that they were overcome before Israel." And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and drove them back as far as below Beth Car. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and called its name Ebenezer, saying, "Thus far the Lord has helped us." So the Philistines were subdued and they did not come any more into the territory of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Ebenezer is the Hebrew word for stone of help. Stone of help. It was a memorial set up to remind Samuel and everyone else that God had helped them, that God had given them the victory. And as mentioned earlier, it was at their weakest because they were completely outnumbered by the Philistines. It was at their weakest that God was the strongest. And I just want to share a few kind of Ebenezer milestones in my life.、Um, the ministry journey has already highlighted a lot of those, but. Um, I just wanted to share a few that really meant a lot to me, where I really have set up virtual Ebenezer stones, memorials、um, in those places. And、um, the first one was my baptism. I was eight years old.、Um, it was March second, nineteen ninety one, and I remember it was also March. And so this is actually my twenty fifth anniversary of my baptism this week. And so it's very special that I get to have it this weekend.、Um, and you know, even though I was eight and I didn't fully understand everything,、um, we had read the whole Bible together as a family. And I remember making that decision: yes, this is something that I want to accept. This worldview, this、um, this God, this Jesus,、um, is someone that I want to embrace in my life. And my sister and I actually both got baptized, so we always、um, call each other on the, our baptismal. Anniversaries and call each other twins, but、um, the day after I got baptized, we actually moved to the U.S.、Um, so it was a very momentous occasion. This is a few years later, but we spent—you、um, know—moving to America was a very difficult time.、Um, living as an immigrant family in the U.S. was very tumultuous,、um, especially as my father was a literature evangelist. We moved every two years, so that meant I was a new kid in school every other year.、Um, And so, growing up,、um, facing the financial difficulties, facing all the constant changes,、um, I remember on the first day of school, I would pray this prayer: "God, help me to find one friend today, that one friend who's going to be my best friend while I'm here." And God always pulled through.、Uh, I would always, you know, feel impressed to turn to a particular person and ask their help in figuring out how to open my locker or whatever it was, and that person would end up being my best friend. And so wherever I have gone, I have had incredible friends.、Um, God has really blessed me with people who have just loved and supported me.、Um, so even though we faced a lot of difficulties, God helped us through. So many stories of, you know, times when we didn't have enough, you know, money to put petrol in the car, 
And we would pray, and then minutes later, we would have a, a letter in the post with the exact money we needed to put the petrol in, which back then was very cheap, <laughs> to go to church. Um, or prayers of just how everywhere we went, we were able to um, stay together as a family and love and support each other, and I'm so grateful for them. And even though they couldn't be here today because of visa and other things, and they're coming in a few months for the baby, but um, um, I know they're watching online, and I love you guys so much, and I'm so thankful for everything that you've been to me. And so somewhere in America, there is a virtual memorial stone set up um, just to honor the fact that God has carried us through the first kind of 10 years of our lives in America when it was very, t- when it was very tough. When I was um, 14, as mentioned briefly in the um, ministry journey, that's really when I accepted Jesus as my personal Savior in a real and tangible way. What I mean by that is, I always knew in my head that Jesus had died for me and that, you know, I'm saved because of his love. But it didn't really click until I was 14. I remember um, that was a very difficult year for us because my father um, was, was a literature evangelist and then um, the company had, had shut down and he was unemployed that year. And I remember he was traveling far distances so that, he could um, provide for us. He would be away for months at a time. And I remember we would, you know, my mom, my sister, and I were at home. And it was such a discouraging time, and we would just pray a lot together. And I remember reading the Bible and, and different books, um, Desire of Ages and Majestic Young People, etc. And there was one book that I had picked up called uh, Conquering the Dragon Within. It just sounded very interesting. And so I remember reading it, and there was a passage quoted in that book that caught my eye and forever changed my understanding of salvation. And it was Psalm chapter 40, verses 1 to 3. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. When I read this, I realized, and it clicked in that moment, I don't have to do anything to earn God's love. I don't have to do anything to earn God's salvation. All I have to do is cry out. (laughs) And he's the one who brings me out of the mud. He's the one who sets me on the rock. He's the one who puts a new song in my heart and joy in my life and gives me then a new purpose to go and share that love with others. And so when I, when I realized that, I remember I was home alone at the time, and I just remember running through the house, singing just hallelujah, and just so excited. I wanted to tell someone. I remember my, you know, my mom came home and et cetera. I was like, did you know? Then I told them, and I'm like, yeah, didn't you know that already? Like, and I was like, I guess I knew it, but it, it didn't really hit me until then. And because of that, and after that experience, I loved reading the Bible. Before I read it, kind of, you know, dutifully, because I, I knew that was the right thing to do. But after I had that experience, I loved reading the Bible. I would read it for hours. I loved teaching the Bible. I loved, um, you know, I remember when, after I got my first laptop, you know, one of the first things I did was I made these Daniel studies, <laughs> PowerPoints back then were like with clip art. Um, so the statue of Nebuchadnezzar was like, the clip art, the yellow little cartoon. Um, but I, you know, put it together for the youth, and I was so excited about sharing it with them. And um, it really put a new song in my heart um, to be able to have that milestone moment. And I'm so grateful 
to God for giving me that. And this is the only picture I could find from a hard time in North Carolina um, from that year, 1998, when I was 14-15. And so there is a virtual memorial stone set up in North Carolina somewhere. But God helped me still further. As mentioned, um, he brought me to Princeton University where actually, through God's grace, I got a full scholarship, which would have been, thank you, <laughs> um, excuse me, impossible if it hadn't been for just God working everything out. And I have an incredible sister um, who went to Princeton before me and just was this blazing example in every way. And... Um, we actually started a, a campus ministry there together. And that was kind of my first, um, I guess, taste of what it was like to have an official role in doing something to, to help share about Jesus to others. And it was through that, actually, that um, I ended up working at the Church of Avon Hope because it was through campus ministry at Princeton that I met elders of the Church of Avon Hope, my first church in New York City, uh, which is my first love. Um, and that church was amazing. That was the first time I, I got to do full-time work for a church. And I loved every piece of it. As Dave mentioned, you know, being a pastor is about 50 things. And even though I wasn't officially a pastor, I got to taste what it was like to be a pastor. Um, giving Bible studies and preaching and counseling, um, you know, organizing. I love organizing services and just, you know, all those things. I loved every aspect of it. And even though I was completely drained working like 18 hours a day in New York, um, that's when I started to wonder, God, is this something that you want me to do for the rest of my life? And I had so many insecurities, but as Darren mentioned, God gave me so many signs and opportunities. He kept opening the door, nudging me and poking me, and I couldn't say no when there were so many open doors, including the sponsorship to seminary. Um, and at, at Andrews, which was in Michigan, a very cold place to be if you've never been, um, not only was I able to get my academic degree, my theology degree from there, but um, while I was working for that church there called Living Springs Fellowship, um, which is the Andrews Creed Church, that's when I realized that ministry wasn't just about the doing. In New York, I loved the doing. But in Michigan is when I realized that ministry is not about the doing. It's about the dying. It's about dying to self every day. And ultimately even giving your life, as my youth pastor, Pastor Brian Hahn had, and um, as Pastor James Kent had, it's about living every day, dying to yourself so that others can live. And dying ultimately um, to your own goals and desires so that God can be glorified. And that's when I learned that that kind of dying in ministry is what really brings joy. Um, when I was in New York, I was very busy. And I, and I loved it, but it was the busyness and the, and the buzz that kept me going. But really, it was in, in Michigan that I realized it was the dying that brought life to, back to me and to those around. Um, and of course, I did meet my partner in ministry and marriage there. Um, and so for that, there is um, a virtual memorial stone set up in Therian Springs, Michigan. And you know, um, shortly after we got married, four months later actually, we came to Melbourne. Um, and this place has been amazing, even though it's true. Uh, five, ten years ago, I would never have dreamt I'd be in Melbourne, Australia. It is now my home. 
It's the place where so many church communities have embraced me, have loved me, have um, helped me be a better pastor, better mother, better wife, a better friend. And I'm just so grateful um, to this conference and to everyone here for your support and your love. Um, and of course, those who have journeyed with me who can't be here, um, including Roy's family as well. I, I feel so blessed to have married into that family. Um, I'm just so grateful just for everyone in my life. And even though those online can't get this present, <laughs> I have a, a small gift for those here, here present. And it's just um, on your way out in the lobby um, on the reception desk. There's going to be um, little stones, little white stones. Um, and I'd like you to think about what are some of the Ebenezer moments in your life? What were some of those times when God has helped you? And perhaps as you reflect on them and you can write or draw the event or the place or the, or the person, um, but perhaps as you reflect on those Ebenezer milestones in your life, you too can come to realize not only is God faithful, but God is present always. And um, he's going to continue to guide you in your own calling, whatever it may be in your own life. And I hope and pray that as you reflect on the Ebenezer moments of your life, that he will put also in your heart a new song. And that as you sing that new song, um, and, and as he puts that joy in your heart, that you will also be able to see the goodness of the God that I serve. Thank you. Would you all stand with us as we sing the closing song?
Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take it, seal it. Seal it, door thy courts above. Yes, please be seated. And... Um, Jinha and Roy, come and join us. They say that behind every good woman is a wonderful man. (laughs) In the case of Roy and Jinha, I'd prefer to say side by side each other. They are a really effective team in ministry. For every spouse in ministry, it is so critical to have um, a spouse that is there supporting you. And I love the way you guys support each other. And for those of you in their churches, um, consider yourselves truly blessed to have this team. Marriage is a lifelong partnership and we, we are really enjoying watching your partnership and look forward to the future. Jinhar, I have here your commissioned in the gospel ministry certificate and let me give you that and just say on behalf of the Victorian Conference, welcome to the ministry team in a commissioned capacity. In it, you know, in one sense nothing changes but in another everything changes because this is the church's way of affirming God's calling in your life and, and setting you apart for a lifelong ministry. And so not only do I welcome you on behalf of the Victorian Conference, but as one of your colleagues and on behalf of your other colleagues that are here and aren't here, welcome to the team. It's great to have you on board. And we do have... We do have a, a gift, which when you have a look at it, and you, you, you can open it if you so desire you will see that it does actually have significance to all that we've heard today and um, where you happen to find yourself working. <laughs> we'll just give them a moment to, to open that and then they can show us and I think you'll figure the significance of it. Before we finish now, um, there will be a, a video, it's about a quarter of an hour of some of the, 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 the comments and well wishes of those that couldn't be here. Of course, with the international connection, um, it's nice to be able to, to have those part of it as well. And so just sit back, relax, and then when this is finished, Brendan will close off our service with prayer. Congratulations on being commissioned. I'm so sorry that I can't be there to um, celebrate with you on your special day, but know that I'm there in my heart and in my spirit and that I'm praying for you. I know without a shadow of doubt that God has called you into ministry, and I've watched you over the years and how He's not only called you, but equipped you and blessed your ministry. So I have um, great hopes for the future, and I know that. Uh, 
I will continue to work through you, and I look forward to seeing how he does that. I love you. Congrats. 나야 목사 안수를 축하한다. 아빠가 그토록 하고 싶은 일을 내가 대신하게 되어서 나는 내가 무척 자랑스럽다. 하나님의 소명과 사명을 잘 감당하는 정말 영성 있는 목회자가 되기를 바란다. 네 이름처럼 목마른 자들에게 생명수를 나누어주는 하나님의 통로가 되어서 하나님께 영광을 돌리는 그런 삶을 살게 되길 바란다. 하나님의 은혜와 축복이 늘 너와 함께하고 너희 목회가 성공적으로 되기를 바란다. 성공은 하나님께서 주신 것이고 너는 오로지 충성을 다하는 것이 내할 일이다. 그러니까 인간적인 어떤 성공에 매달리지 말고 하나님께 끝까지 충성하는 충성된 참된 목자가 되기 바란다. 다시 한번 축하해. 리치나 파이팅! 야, 축하한다. 남자가 아니다고 목사 안수는 나는 이런 걸 아니지만 그래도 이렇게 네가 흥미심을 갖게 되어서 기쁘고 온 식구가 나한테 지금 축하의 메시지를 보낸다. 진아야 사랑해 우리 딸 어떻게 신학 교수가 되겠다고 했는데 어떻게 하다가 목회의 길로 들어서서 지금까지도 목사의 길을 걸어왔는데 하나님께서 너를 앞으로 어디까지 인도하실지 모르지만 주님의 착한 종이 되고 성실한 목자가 되어서 예수님 닮은 목자로 양떼를 위해서 일하길 바란다. 성령 충만한 목회자가 되기를 바라면서 화이팅! 우리 딸 사랑해! Hello, Gina. Congratulations on getting commissioned. That's wonderful news. Hope all is going well. Hi, s e a g i 목사님 안수 받는 거 정말 축하하고 I'm very happy for you. Thank you for being my daughter-in-law. You're my happiness. I love you. God bless. Uh, congratulations. I'm so happy for you. I wish I could be there with you to celebrate. Um, you have been such a blessing in my life and you've been my support when I needed you and you've been, um, you've challenged me when I needed some reining in and I know that you say that it was your job but um, you do it with such passion and conviction and genuine care for the people around you and that's just one of the things that I admire and treasure so much in you. Um, so thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for being in that, that person in my life. Um, so enjoy your day. Um, I wish you all the best for the future. I miss you very much and hopefully I will see you soon. Hi, Jinha. Congratulations on your commissioning uh, by your conference, recognizing your call to ministry and that God is blessing you and your husband and your children in your ministry in Australia. I'm so happy for you all. Hi, sis. Congratulations for your commissioning. I'm so glad that your conference has recognized your calling to God. Although, no doubt about it, we know that you've been called by God to serve. But I'm so glad other people around you have recognized it. So happy for you. Congratulations. And I'm so sad I can't be there. But congratulations again. Hey, Pastor Gina. It's uh, me and Jeremy over here. How's everything going? Well, 
I just wanted to congratulate you from the bottom of my heart. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, congratulations. That's that's awesome news. Yeah, um, I just uh, you know I have very fond memories of Andrews, and uh, I feel like that's kind of where you started. Well, you started off before, but uh, you know, from remembering from there and then until now, just congratulations. Thank you for everything. Uh, love you a lot, Pastor Gina. Um, yeah. Also, you've been so influential um, to me and to so many people that I know. Um, I know that I always think um, in a lot of situations, what would Pastor Jinna do? And so I just want to thank you for um, being an example for someone that I can um, look up to and strive after. And uh, I'm just really happy for you. I'm glad that you're being recognized. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Pastor. Love. Congratulations. Bye. Bye. Hope to see you soon. Yes. Congratulations, Jinani, on being commissioned. Um, even though you've already been, um, you know, proclaiming the gospel and word, action, and deed for like many years now, I'm so happy that you're being uh, recognized and. Um, it just is a testimony to me of how you've been faithful in the work that God has given you um, in Australia uh, many years after being at Andrews and um, it's your consistent life and that yeah is constantly a testimony to me of how God will keep the faith in us and um, how he will never leave us and how he'll grow us more into his likeness and I'm thankful to know someone like you. And um, as I'm thinking about you being commissioned today, I can't help but think about your ministry to us at Andrews. Um, not only in the act of you know, giving Bible studies, dorm visitations, and sermons, and things like that, which are all so like, unforgettable. Um, it was also, you know, of course, your simple life and just abiding in Christ that was such a testimony um, that I can't forget uh, your hospitality your selfless sacrifice um, your genuine care for us um, these are the things I think about when I think about practical Christianity and um, whenever I question how I can share Christ I think back to those days I can't wait to see how God will lead you and um, Pastor Roy in the next years to come um, and I'm excited to hear the stories to come and I'm excited to see you again soon and I miss you so much and I love you. Congratulations again. Hi Pastor Chinna. Um, congratulations on becoming commissioned. Um, I'm so happy for you and for Pastor Roy that you're, uh, that you're becoming commissioned. I guess just as I am making this video for you, uh, this is like my fourth time making this, but <laughs> um, I I can't help but really think about my time at Andrews and those four years that I spent there. Um, when I look back, it was just such a good time in my life. It was so formative. It was life-changing, um, and especially because... Uh, it really, 
it really redefined what it meant to be a Christian for me. And you played such an integral part in that. Um, and I know that I thanked you. I know, like, in, in, in various events, various things, like, we've all thanked you. But um, I guess for me personally, like, I just can't say it enough. Like, you, you were such a good pastor to me. Um, I remember times when I was really sad and you would come and give me Bible studies. I remember when um, I could always go to your house and go to your prayer room. Um, or I could always count on you to uh, make us food even though we didn't even ask for it. Um, all the, your sacrifice and all the things that you did for us. Um, even things that I'm sure that I don't even know. Uh, I'm so thankful and I'm so I feel so grateful that I was part of your ministry and that I was able to be ministered to by you. Um, I feel so lucky to have such a woman of God as like a role model to really look up to and to really know that even though, even times when I'm spiritually struggling, um, all those things that you taught me, I could, like I know that there's someone that's also been all been through all of it and um, still has such a strong faith and strong foundations and I'm so glad even though I'm sad that you're not with me here now to be that kind of mentor um, I know that you are doing a great work in Australia you with Pastor Roy um, and I'm so glad that you're being recognized for all your efforts I hope that this video finds you and your family well and uh, I just want you guys to know, both of you guys, that I miss you very much and I think of you often. Um, and I hope that I see you really, really soon. Um, thank you again for everything that you've done for me. Uh, I'll never forget it. And I hope that soon, 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 very soon, I get to thank you once again for everything that you've done. Bye. Kevin, this is Dr. Caesar. Um, I know you would prefer if I said, hey, Roy, but I just want to be honest with myself. I want to get back to you about uh, Jinha. Uh, I, I, I just am thrilled at the privilege of saying a few things about Jinha. I just, I think my first memory of Jinha, and by the way, I didn't sit down and organize this and strategize so it would be systematically impressive like Jinha is. So perhaps uh, this isn't fair, but be that as it may, my memories of Jinha begin with a retreat. I think it was a retreat for the Korean young people uh, who were students at Andrews and living in the Berrien Springs area, and I bet they brought in others from elsewhere. But uh, I was speaking at that retreat. It wasn't that Jinha was speaking. It was that Jinha if there was anyone who was an organizing, inspiring force, and I said force, at that retreat, it was Jinha. I was impressed. And I was, I was encouraged by the fact that Jinha was serving in ministry. I, I don't know, I didn't know whether Jinha believed that... Uh, God had a special place for her in ministry, but I'm thrilled that she 
believes this because I think that there were others who believed it without having conversations with her just by observing the way she served the competence and intelligence and the impelling drive of her service I think if Jinha didn't have the freedom to preach the gospel she would say woe and I thank God for those who recognize her call and want to honor that call and I thank her for being committed to honoring that call and I'm just thrilled that uh, Kevin uh, uh, Roy that is has given me a chance to say so God bless you Jinha God bless the Victoria Conference God bless Kevin uh, Roy that is see you in the kingdom if not before. Hi, Gina and Roy. I'm just sitting here on a Friday afternoon in my study and I'm thinking to myself, has the, has, has the time flown by this fast? I mean, it just seems like yesterday. The three of us were standing in front of that church filled with your family and your friends and you pledged your lives to each other and to God. It seems like just yesterday we were in that preaching class together. And yet here you are now, getting ready to make another pledge before God this church and I'm so proud of you Gina I think of the the way you have exemplified the gifts of the, of the pastor and at the same time you have lived out the fruits of the spirit that combination in you has has marked you from the very beginning what I want to say in this brief moment and I, I thank you for the honor I want to insert the word of Christ right here Jesus was speaking to his inner circle you remember we're listening in because he intends for us to those words in Mark chapter 8 verses 34 and 35 Jesus says look if any woman would come after me let her deny herself take up the cross and follow me for she who seeks to save her life will lose it but she who loses her life for my sake and for the gospel and that phrase is only in Mark's record of those words of Jesus she who loses her life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. God has called you both at this, at this moment in history when we are living on the edge. I'm talking about Australia. I'm talking about the U.S. The entire planet. We're living on the edge of eternity. If ever God needed a generation of young preachers and pastors, this is it. A generation to go for broke. Take up the cross. Come on. Go for broke for me. I think of the words of Dietrich Bonhoeffer that classic of his the cost of discipleship that one sentence when Christ calls a woman he bids her come and die it may be to die professionally it may be to die to reputation it may be to die to, 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 to success whatever the call is it is in, those, in these words of Christ in Mark 8 a summons to die not to die die but to by living die to self Go for broke for Him who is our Savior, our Lord, our forever friend. And so I want you to know that on this high day, as you gather once again with your family and some of those friends who were with us in the church not so long ago, I want you to know I'm lifting you up. I'm praying that God will max out this moment, that you will lock it in your mind, that you will you will commit, you will cling to this commitment and boldly, radically, womanly. Live out your calling. God is yet going to turn the world upside down 
and you and Roy are absolutely vital in that strategic dream and plan. So, here's little pastor back at Andrews University. God bless you. My prayers are with you both. Let's give it everything we have and go for broke for the Savior. Our heads. Dear Lord, as we come before you now, we just thank you for what we've been part of here this afternoon and we thank you for, for Jean Har and her willingness to, to serve you and allow you to work in and through her life. We thank you for the various influences that have been part of her, her ministry to this point. We thank you for family. We thank you for, for colleagues. And, and we just look forward to, to the way that you continue to work in, in Jean Har's life and, and the, the lives that will be impacted as she allows you to work in and through her. We thank you for, for Roy and may you continue to guide and bless them as a, a ministry family. We thank you for Micah and Baby on the Way. And we just thank you that as a church family, we can be part of, of seeing how you work in, in the lives of, of people who, who pray a prayer that use me and use me wherever you want. And we just pray for this congregation. We pray for the, the congregations that Roy and Gina serve in, in the future as you continue to work in and through their ministry. And we look forward to that day when, when we can... It can be forever with you and, and reflect on the way you've led in lives and reflect on the, the lives that Jean Ha impacts because she allows you to work in and through her. May she continue to go for broke in serving you. Amen. I think we should just acknowledge that with that we bring our service to a close. We are going to take a few pictures up the front here just for the, the official record. Um, but we're done. Thanks, everyone. And I just want to thank everyone who brought food. Um, thank you, those of you who, who brought up. And I, I know there's a lot of people who put a lot of work to it. So um, please stay and, and eat and... Yeah, I think it's time for, he's, he's done. So thank you for coming. <laughs>